when I'm teaching them about mindfulness, they think that they're going to be calm and really focused all the time. They're going to have no thoughts in their brain. They're going to be, you know, full of clarity all the time because they're practicing these mindful things. And actually what I tell them. Welcome to Finding Your Spark again. My guest today is Nicole HR, and she is an emotional well-being coach and mindfulness master practitioner who empowers women to feel good about prioritizing themselves and their joy, even in this busy world. So we could all use a dose of that. Today, we're going to talk about how to tap into our true intuition in order to really start finding that joy, nurturing that joy, and living in it. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Yeah, me too. It's really, it's exciting to have you in particular because I know that you work with people who are very busy and uh, we're all, we all have a lot going on these days, particularly now, right? We've gone through this period where we all went home and made bread for a while. And uh, then we were like, we like it. We like it. We're going to reprioritize our lives, right? And that reprioritizing means that there's, in some cases, a lot more pull on our time than there has been in the past. So I can't wait to hear how you work with people in order to connect into their intuition, even though they're going at a, at a real fast clip. Yeah. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head that so many of us right now are trying to find the balance between, you know, getting back to this busy external. So external pressures on ourselves, whether that be from, you know, jobs or um, extracurriculars or things that we can now do again. And also this desire to really still keep to some grounding that we had when we were sort of in our little bubbles. Um, And I think we do feel that real rush and hustle um, and at times it is fine hard to find the balance i also think that it's not something that we're collectively as a sort of a collective society good at recognizing those intuitive nudges we're so busy rushing through day to day that often we can miss a lot of our intuitive guidance. And it's only maybe in hindsight after that we think, oh man, I knew that. Or I felt like that was gonna happen. Or, you know, I think a lot of us can really relate to those feelings, right? Of, I knew that was gonna happen. Or I had that feeling about that situation or that person. I, you know, I had this inkling. This, some people get guidance from intuition that's very clear, kind of, you know, a message, right? A a little bit of chat in their head. And other people, it's like a tingling sensation or the tightness or the butterflies in the stomach or, and it can be good or bad, right? But we often are so used to using our logical brains that we kind of dismiss that and we just kind of go back to the, the logic, the ego, the, you know, the brain, right? The, the head stuff. And we need all that to move us forward, but our intuition is what guides us. And I like to teach people a little bit about that first. That's, you know, my first sort of thing is to really pull them down into the facts about intuition, because I think when we are so busy, intuition can feel like pff, it's, it's, it's this 
this sort of airy fairy thing. It's this thing that I don't really need, right? Or um, that they don't trust. A lot of people maybe can recognize maybe one or two things in their life, but they don't trust in it. They don't trust in that message to step into whatever they're being called to do. Um, whether that be, you know, giving themselves more relaxation time or giving themselves more time with family or, you know, a bigger thing of like, you know, leaving their job or whatever. Um, and so that's one of the first things I do when I support people who are, you know, busy and working is to just take a step back and to start to learn about what even intuition is and how do they hear it? Because we have to learn the difference between head information and intuition information. And so you have to kind of understand what that would look like for you, how that would feel, how that would come through. So that's one of the very first things, right, is just kind of like step out of the rush, step out of the logic and come back and almost like an aerial view of, well, what does my, what, what does my head logical brain say to me? What does that sound like? And okay, well, what is the intuition, the little nudges? How does that come through for me? And everybody's different, right? So we take time with my clients to really assess and sometimes even it's like over, you know, a course of a week of almost testing it out, right? Listening in and, and trying to pay more attention. And then when they understand it a little bit better, then that's when we can start to integrate, okay, how do you listen? How do you hear? How do you tap into this a little bit more? So I like to say, how do you turn the volume up, right? So you've, you've talked about a lot of things there, <laughs> you know. We're, we're, we're all ruled by, by this thing, right? We all have schedules and we're supposed to meet them. And, you know, I, I can't think of countless times in my life where I did or did not listen to that. And it worked out not so good in one case and really good in the other, you know, like that. So, you know, there are times when you're running late and you're, you're stressing out about it. And then all of a sudden you go like, okay, I'm just going to try to believe that everything is working out for me for this moment. And you get there 10 minutes late and nobody has arrived yet, <laughs> or uh, the meeting has been rescheduled to a half hour from then or whatever that is. Right. So in some way, or you bump into somebody who you would not have bumped into, even though you still are late, but you, you made that critical connection that you were looking for in your business or your personal life. And those uh, moments of serendipity sort of tell you, okay, I'm on, I'm on the path, even though I, I feel like I'm late to my meeting. Uh, and then, and then the other, the flip side of it where, you know, I can remember this time when, um, I had an appointment to get acupressure or something. And the way that this particular person did it was very, uh, it was not the same as anybody I'd ever experienced before. And it was very difficult for my body. My body did not like it. And I had such an intuition not to go that I literally sat in the parking lot and called everybody I knew and said, I don't think I should go inside. And all of them were like, you just drove two hours, like get right. out of the car, you know? And so I did, and it turned out very badly for me. Right. And so I, and it was one of those real defining moments where I thought, yeah, I am going to listen to that feeling, whatever that feeling is, it's important, right? Because there can sometimes be really long-term effects from bad decision-making, which isn't necessarily what we think it is, right? We think bad decision-making is not going by the schedule, not respecting other people's schedules, all those things. 
So I, I'm really pleased that you uh, brought all of that up because that kind of real world stuff, these are the pressures that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is head does allow other people's opinions or thoughts to dictate their decision making, right? Head says, consult a friend. Head says, you know, consult somebody else or how would the other person feel? right? Head thinks about other people. Head is ego, right? How's it going to look to other people? How are you going to look? Head is concerned about all those things. But intuition and our gut and what I, I, I call it our deep knowing, our deep, deep knowing, because it is, it's a deep knowing that is concerned only about us and only about our, you know, truest, most authentic self, and what's right for us here and now. And it doesn't take other people into consideration. And so some of that work that we have to do around trusting intuition can also be around, you know, trusting intuition guilt-free. How do you, how can you trust this without feeling guilty about maybe letting other people down? How do you handle these situations? And so I do work with that with my clients too, right? About, you know, how do we handle these types of situations in order to honor what we truly need, but also respect that, you know, we respect and love the people in our lives. And, and we want to sort of add that balance because that's reality, right? We are not soul beings, like solo beings. We are collective um, in a community and, and we want to have that balance. But um, yeah, head says, consult the friend and ego and, or, and the ego, right? Is, is concerned about what other people think or whatever, letting the, the acupuncturist, what are they going to think or letting them down or whatever. And then, um, yeah, into we're paying the fee, right? We're yeah, exactly. Right. It's like how much of our decision making is around that? It's like, well, I already paid. I might as well do yeah. it, you know, yeah. or I'm, I can't get my money back. So, you know, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. So this, uh, this tension between the way the world is set up for you and this deep knowing that we have, uh, my experience with it is that in that period when we are really learning to tap in and to be willing to to live our own lives to really tap in and say yep this is the life i claim and i'm going to make these decisions uh, that there's there's a there's a pretty good sized tension between that and what we've already set up right how we've been running our lives up to that moment but after a little bit of time and practice that there becomes less tension right? Because we're doing less that is out of alignment. We're setting up meetings less that are out of alignment, right? We're getting it more right for the order and um, priorities that we're setting in ourselves. Um, and, and I feel like that's really where the serendipity can, can start to come into the picture. Yeah. Because the more that you follow intuition, the more she will speak to you, right? The more that you allow yourself open to that and to follow, the more that the guidance will come because your mind will start to be open to listening to that first. Um, and I like to support my clients too and myself to notice the little things. So not the big things, not the big decisions, not, you know, we obviously want to consult intuition for those things, but when you are working through that tension period, when you're working through how building up the trust with intuition, 
you know, that kind of early stages of like, well, okay, I now maybe understand how it comes through for me or how I hear it or feel it. But how do I actually follow it? How do I trust it? And how do I, you know, kind of battle with this, like you're saying? When we start to notice the small things, the really little things, and they are right, they are accurate, they were the right guidance, then trust can build up for some of the bigger things too, right? Then, okay, well, maybe then we'll start to consult it for the bigger things. Um, so I've got a really funny example, uh, actually just, you know, happened, you know, maybe a few months ago, I've used it, I've shared this with a couple of clients so far and it's that really, you know, really silly. My little one, I've got a, a toddler. Um, she has a little toilet, a little potty in her room and it was emptied. I had emptied it, it was sitting on the stairs on the way to go up as, as you do, right? Like there's always things on the stairs to, to go up with you. I had the baby in my arm. I was going up and my, and something said to me, grab that because she might need it. Right. But I didn't, I just, cause I was, I was going up, I was already past it and I went up and I was doing what I needed to do. I think I was feeding the baby and, um, she came into my room and she went, uh, mama, I, I went to the toilet, but there was no toilet. I peed all over the floor. <laughs> And I thought, that's a little thing, right? Like, that's not a big thing. That's not a big life-changing thing. But intuition said, you better grab that. Cause, and it wasn't like, she's not on some kind of pee schedule. I don't know when she's going to go, right? But there was something just in the back of my mind that said, grab that because you're probably going to need it. And I didn't listen to it. And it was one of these little funny moments, right? We are like, oh, yeah, I, I did know that. I knew that that was going to happen. I knew she was going to need it. I didn't really trust in that. But all these little, when you start to notice these little things, these little communications, these little nudges, and you realize, I did know that. And actually that information was there and that guidance was there. It wasn't about important, big, important things, but it was there because it's always there, right? It's always just guiding us in small, tiny ways. When we realize those little things, then that's when we can start to develop this aha and this trust in like, okay, there's more here to tap into. And maybe I should consult this more. Maybe I should lean into, you know, learning about this more and trusting this more. You know, your example um, really brings up the question of timing, right? So a lot of times we get the pull and it's not so obvious, right? It's not, it's not like, oh, and then the person peed on the floor. And so now I, it's really super obvious that I should have paid attention to that, right? But it's it's more of a, a missed opportunity or something that's less measurable for us. And uh, and that sense of timing of when we get that message, that pull, that sensation in our body, that that's the moment to act on it. So that is, that is um, kind of regardless of our schedule, right? Sometimes for me, sometimes that pull comes at three o'clock in the morning, right? And, uh, you know, you either get up and do it or you don't and you miss whatever that was, right? You, you have that potential. I think there are still some moments, some things where there is a little bit of room for, you know, okay, I had this poll, I didn't follow it, but there's still maybe a, a, a different window or a different opportunity at a later time. You know, so sometimes if it's a pull about something significant, you'll find that, or I have found with myself and with my clients that it might come again, right? And if you've realized that, if you've acknowledged that, if you've, you know, been able to, to sort of realize, 
I should have trusted in that and went with that and I didn't. See, the next time it comes up, people are much more likely to follow it because it's like, okay, oh, the opportunity's opened itself up again. I'm not going to miss this. And so that's part of the growth journey with, you know, intuition and intuition development, I think. And I think that for people who, if they feel like they've had lots of missed opportunities, I think it can, I agree with you, the real power is in being able to trust in it enough to just get up and follow because magical things will happen genuinely. You know, there can be such transformation or, or such luck brought upon people or just real divine timing for things. But I also want people to know that, you know, when, I, when I'm working with them, that if a missed opportunity has happened, that's okay, right? Because we are where we're supposed to be to become who we're going to be. So sometimes even a missed opportunity is a lesson within itself so that the next time something like that comes up, we're not going to miss it again. Thank you. Thank you for, for uh, you know, really laying that out because I think you're right that sometimes people can lay a, a little guilt trip on themselves when they miss those opportunities, even when they're just uh, to not have to clean up the pee on the floor, <laughs> right? Even yeah. when they're little things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, so you're really talking about raising awareness, hmm. right? So... Yeah. How do we raise that awareness? Are there certain tools that you work with in your practice or advice that you give on that topic? There's a couple of different techniques that I use specifically with my clients. One of the early ones that I teach um, is uh, a guidance that I take that I teach it, which is called head, heart, and intuition. And it's really helping people to understand and break down how head is communicating, how heart is communicating, and how intuition is communicating. And um, often when I, I lead my clients in this practice of head, heart, and intuition, the clarity that comes through is just so, so clear for them. And the more that they can lead themselves through that and break down this head, this heart, and this intuition, they start to, they start to hear how these two, how these three communicate with them, right? They start to understand the difference between the head communication, the logical brain, the ego and they start to understand what it sounds like and feels like for intuition to communicate. And once they start to understand that, then that's when, right, their 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 awareness is sort of understanding and awareness is is raised, right? They're really getting to know their intuition on a personal level because like I said everybody's different. Some people have it in sensation, some people have it in real clear messages, other people have it in external things. Things that, you know, literally people or animals or feathers or whatever, right, that kind of help give them little signals and signs for things. So everybody has to learn, like, wh where are they seeing and feeling their information? So that's one of the techniques I use for them is head, heart, and intuition, and I guide them through this practice. It's a really lovely practice, and it's a practice that can be done on a deep, deep level. So maybe you're consulting intuition about something really big and important that you really want to sit with for a while in maybe a bit of meditation. And also, I teach it, um, once people have learned how to do it um, sort of in a meditation style, I teach them how to bring that into their everyday, right, into the busy everyday of like, hold on, I need a moment to just breathe and I'll just have a quick consultation basically with myself, right? Hold on, I'm running late to this meeting and feeling so stressed. 
part of me is telling me just to take a minute to just stop here and, and rest, even though I'll be even later. What is that about, right? Where is that coming from? And I teach them how to do that fairly quickly. How can they hear what the head is saying? How can they hear? How can they decipher between the ego, the external people, right? The influence and how can they decipher about what they want? So if it's, I, I want to take a break because I don't want to do this. Do I want to take a break? Because actually I need to do this to stop and breathe. So I'm prepared my walk in the room, all these kind of things, right? To help people understand that so that it's a tool that they can use, like I say, on a deep level or on a really kind of everyday level. Um, and that's one of the practices that we use to really help increase this awareness of intuition. You touched on a lot of things there. And one of the things I want to talk about that you touched on, because I think that this really gets to the joy piece of it, is clarity. And clarity is really a precursor to peace, right? And we can get clarity in a whole bunch of different ways, right? We can get clarity because we see something differently than we used to, or we can get clarity because we've chosen not to look at a bunch of things and go within and find that peace within ourselves. Um, but all of that is the basis for joy, right? We can't build joy without already having a foundation in clarity and peace and hope and loving, caring ideas and feelings. So, uh, so I like that you're, we're, you know, we're building it one piece at a time in this conversation, right? And, uh, that's, that's really, really helpful. The other thing that uh, you reminded me of is I had a guide many years ago who, and I didn't meditate at the time. Now I love to meditate. I meditate every day or more. And uh, I didn't meditate. And I kept telling her I didn't have time. <laughs> and she said, uh, we were in a meeting and she said, well, excuse me, I'll be back in a few minutes. And she went off and she came back like 15 minutes later. And I was like, what the heck? And she said, well, it was one o'clock. And every day at one o'clock, I go to, if I have to go into a bathroom stall to do it, I go and I go and work on my uh, ability to reach that clarity, that peacefulness, all of those things, those foundational things that we need in order to reach for joy. Um, she meditated and I was like, well, that's fine, but it's cause it's Saturday and you were with me and whatever. She said, no, nope. She had a big job. She said, no, this is what I do every day because this is how important it is to me. And that sort of reprioritizing in a different way, maybe not the, the actual physical meditation, right? Whatever tools are, are working for you are they have to take a very high priority, don't they? I think that the more you value your journey towards joy, the more you prioritize yourself, the faster you will get there, right? The more you can prioritize taking small moments to check in with yourself, whether that be meditation, you know, like that woman you're talking about, your guide was talking about taking 15 minutes away to really get deep. Or sometimes my clients, you know, meditation isn't yet something that they are ready to sort of step into. And I teach them breath breaks. So breath breaks are transitions between 
whatever you are doing through the day, right? Whether that be leaving the house, getting in the car, between meetings, whatever. Taking a breath break to literally breathe intentionally into your body and check in with how am I feeling in this moment and what do I need, if anything, right? The more you prioritize, like you say, yourself, the faster that you can call in what you're wanting to call in. So you want to feel more joy. You want to feel more balance. You know, you need to be able to check in with yourself daily to find out what it is you need in order to move yourself closer to that. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the other things that you kind of touched on is this, uh, pesky belief systems that we've brought with us, (laughs) right? So here we are, not two years old when we start, right? We're 30 or 40 or whatever we are, right? And and we go like, we got a life and there's a problem and I need to fix it, (laughs) right? I want to know how to do it better. And so we've already tried We've already, you know, spent that first seven years soaking up what we're supposed to do in the world. And then we practiced when we were teenagers. And then we went out on our own when we, you know, went off to university or went out into the workforce. And uh, and now here we are some amount down the road going like, okay, so I, there's something missing. I got, I got to figure this out, <laughs> right? And those belief systems are are the things that the, they set up those little triggers for us, right? And you kind of touched on that, but let's talk a little bit more about that because I think a lot of times it, the process sounds so simple. It's like, oh yeah, you just intuit and you just tune yourself in and then you do the thing. And often people look at me and they go like, uh-huh, <laughs> right? Where do I start? So, uh, So let's talk about where do we start with that? Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, and I think you've made a good point in terms of all the things we bring with us, right? There, again, I, I lean on a lot of my sort of like um, background in brain development and, and I, I like to teach my clients about understanding that because I think when you understand how neurons are wired, right? And so the stronger a connection is, the more we repeat a thought or a pattern or a behavior, the more a belief is believed and solidified because of experience, the stronger it becomes, which means we need to work harder to change that, to bring in something new, right? Because the more we work on leaning into something new, the weaker the old belief system becomes and can start to fade away or prune away, as like some people like to say, and strengthen the new belief system. And so, again, like you say, people sometimes just want an easy fix. And they want this, you know, just tell me exactly what to do and for me. But everyone is different and everyone comes with their own set of beliefs. And so sometimes we have to give ourselves a little bit of self-acceptance that and gratitude and grace, right? That we need to almost, you know, acknowledge what we come with and be okay with that, right? It's part of our journey to date. This is who we are. This is what we've come with. This is what we believe in to date. But we, of course, are always, as evolving beings, are able to start to shift that, but that it does take a little bit of you know, practice. It takes a little bit of time, takes a little bit of patience. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take, you know, years and years, but 
it does take a little bit of time and practice. It's not going to happen the first time. We're not going to just lean into this new belief system and that's it, right? We're never going to be affected by our kind of old patterns. Of course we are. We all are. I am, right? I, 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 I'm, I've been practicing this for a long time. I've been teaching this. I still am, right? It still happens. And when that happens, you have to be able to give yourself that little bit of love and compassion and self, like, like grace, like I said, to say, okay, it came up. I, I followed down this path of maybe old habit or old thinking, but I've noticed, I've recognized, right? I picked myself up and realized, okay, hold on. This is the old way of thinking. Let me get back on track. And so again, we work on tools. How do you come back to that thinking? How, what pulls you back? What anchors you in? What things and what tools and practices do you have that can help you come back to, you know, this, this sort of new thought patterns that you want to embed? Um, and again, you know, we, we work on these kind of things because it's important. And especially with my mindfulness side of, you know, my practice, when I support people, you know, with these mindful tools, it's not all about meditation. Often people think mindfulness is just meditation. It's really not. Actually, it's a lot about mindful living. How do we consciously and intentionally live our life, right? That's really what I teach. And so um, when I speak to people about that initially, they, I th they often think when I'm teaching them about mindfulness, they think that they're going to be calm and really focused all the time. They're going to have no thoughts in their brain. They're going to be, you know, full of clarity all the time because they're practicing these mindful things. And actually what I tell them is that I want the opposite. I want them to think loads and to think about what they're thinking about and notice what they're thinking and notice where their thoughts are going and notice how that influences their behaviors or their body or their energy. Because the more they can be like curious about all of this, the more they learn about themselves, then the easier it is to um, follow the new patterns, the new pathways, right? Because they can pick up on these triggers, like you say. They can pick up on, oh, well, all of a sudden I found myself like maybe even two days later in this place of really negative, pessimistic thinking. But hold on, I was really working on being in a place of joy and being in a place of, you know, kind of grounding. How did I get here? And if you can be kindly curious to yourself, you'll, you know, probably realize where something started and be able to come back and, you know, start again. And I always say to people, once you have the tools, you're never starting fresh. You're just picking back up again, right? You're just picking it back up. It's never like starting from, from scratch again because you're learning the tools and you know the tools and you're just, you know, practicing again. And the more you use it, the more you come back, the more you recall back, the stronger it becomes. And the old patterns, the old ways of thinking will begin to prune away and these new ways of thinking will become much, much stronger. And they will then soon become the ones that, are the ones that lean on, right? Your brain leans on and leans into. Um, but it does take a bit of time, does take a bit of grace. And I, I, I think I said that, I, I definitely said it earlier. I believe that we are where we're meant to be. We're meant to have experienced what we've experienced. We're meant to be who we're meant to be exactly as we are in order to get us to who we're going to be. Because if we don't have those failures, those slip-ups, if we don't have those lessons to learn, we're never actually going to get ourselves to, you know, this other place. And then we get to our place and we want to evolve further and then evolve further and evolve further because that's who humans we are, right? As humans and that's what we should be constantly evolving and striving for, you know, something and, and something different and, and better or whatever for ourselves. So um, we have to have these lessons. We have to have this journey and it's okay to 
slip up. It's okay to fall back. It's okay to, you know, lose sight of the, the practices or, or whatever, in, not listening to intuition, realizing, oh, I'm letting my head guide me. It's okay. I say to people, you can reset every week, every month, a hundred times a day. <laughs> like it doesn't matter because the more you reset, the more you realize, um, then actually the stronger that muscle, that brain muscle becomes. So the more you realize, oh, I wasn't listening to intuition there. But the more you realize that, the, the, the stronger the call to listen to intuition becomes, right? Like it's a funny sort of balance, but um, it's about allowing it in. And, and it's like we said earlier about not giving ourselves that guilt trip because that's part of the journey. It's part of the growth. It's part of strengthening the brain connections and the neurons to be able to you know, create all the new stuff. That's great. That is really great. You know, one of the images that I really like to think about when I think about how the brain works is to liken it to a dirt bike path, right? When you go on a rickety little path on the side of a hill, that's a really different thing than the superhighway, right? And we spent all these years making those superhighways in our minds. And then we kind of think, you know, people who have been living in a place where they maybe haven't had a lot of joy, they haven't practiced a lot yet, then they're kind of like, well, I should just be able to get there, except that they don't have any roads built, right? They didn't, they didn't build those roads. So you're going to have to hike over that mountain to get there the first time and then, you know, practice going over until you wear that path. Or sometimes you maybe have early experiences of joy. Maybe you haven't had that experience of joy as an adult, but maybe you had experiences of joy, you know, that you can call on from early life. And sometimes even that is good, right? Because, well, what did that look like, feel like, you know, how was that experience? So that little path that was far away long ago, right? Like you say, it's now been covered over, grown over, new grass has grown over. We haven't used that in a while. I like that analogy. I'm going to use that. That's really good. Um, the, that path that we haven't used for a while, it's still there. It's still there. And we can learn a little bit from that. And it may be that we create a new road, right? We don't have to go over the same road, but we create a new road. But with the knowings of what made it good, right? And I think that especially when it comes to joy, we know what our joy wants to feel like. Because everyone's joy is different. How we experience it, what that means to us, right? What, what joy means to you will be different to what joy means to me in my life, in my everyday. And again, when we learn that, then we can build these connections based around some of that, right? Based around this deep knowing of, well, I want to feel joyful. And that means this to me. That looks like this in my everyday. Okay, well then... How do you call that in, in small ways, you know, in, you want, you want to feel joy within, you know, I don't know, a, a, a work setting or something like that, but you're stuck in a job that is not joyful for you right now. Okay. How do you make your job or your commute to work or, you know, the moments in between meetings joyful for you, a favorite playlist or a favorite pair, like a favorite outfit you wear to work or, you know, whatever it is that brings you just a little bit of joy each and every day. And the more that you kind of build in these small moments of joy, I'm not saying that the, the job is ever going to, you know, necessarily change, but the work experience might move you towards something new or new opportunities might come to you, or you might think actually, you know, it's, it, it, it's all about building, building on it, right? Like you say, it's not a quick science 
It's about having to build the path. It's about having to call in new things and, um, and, and do the work. We have to do the work. We have to show up for ourselves. And if you want to better yourself, if you want to, not even better yourself, if you want to, if you want to evolve in some way, if you want to change something about yourself, you have to do something about it. It's never going to change unless you change in some way. So it's the small habits that move us there, the small things every day that move us there. And that's why when I work with busy working women, we look at, you know, often this idea of I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do it. I don't have time to do it. And I say, well, what is it? What does that look like for you, right? Because you can build in moments that are very short, very quick, lots throughout your day, multiple times throughout the day that call in what you're looking for in creative ways. But people think it has to be big changes, significant changes, but actually it starts small and it grows from there. Yeah. Thank you for, for talking about that. I feel like it's important to mention that it is uh, making this connection between our brain activity and our intuition is a really important connection, right? You hear people, uh, meditators talk a lot about heart brain uh, coherence and what does that mean? And this is really, this is the juice of what we're talking about when we're talking about these two sort of neuron centers in our bodies making chemicals, making, sending signals, doing work, right? And then what do we do with that? So connecting those brain pathways, those uh, spaces where we are exploring, where they may not be very well worn down yet. And knowing that when we jump off onto the other path that we've been on for, you know, a hundred million times before, because that, that happened in our lives, that there's no recrimination in that, right? That there's just a, let's just go back to that the hike that we were on. It was a nice hike. I, I don't know. I went on the pathway for the super highway for a few minutes. Whoopsie, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and then tapping that into how how do we how do we connect that to that sense of intuition of knowing what we know even though we don't know how we know yeah and i think um you touched on two things there um the first is about like that understanding about the, the connection between the brain connection the synapses you know the neurons that we're building but the intuition and when we understand that actually like you said you just mentioned they're both neuron centers both our gut, so our deep gut and our head, they both have neurons firing. They both take information in. People don't always understand this, that actually our gut takes in information and stores memories, just like our mind does, right? And the fun, fun fact is that our gut has three times the amount of neurons that our brain does, and it sends way more signals to the brain than the brain sends anywhere else. The gut and the intuition center, right? This is where our intuition is held, is in our gut. That center is where it all starts. It starts there, goes to the brain, and then the, 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 and then the logic happens. Then the brain takes the information, the feeling, the sensation, the nudges, and then it starts to have script. It starts to, you know, make stories and, and, and reason and, and all these things with it. It brings the logic in. 
but it actually starts in the gut. And when you when you understand that too on a scientific level, again, for some people who are new to this practice, it starts to solidify this, okay, there's something there, right? Like if there's, if that, my gut's talking to my brain more than my brain is talking to my body, then surely I need to tap into this, right? Um, and activating the gut, activating that center is really important. So things like um, if your gut is not working well, your intuition will not be clear to your mind. That's something to be, you know, kind of aware of. And and also if you're someone who's new to tapping into an intuition, again, some of the other techniques that I use with clients is when they're very when they're very new, is actually gut um, like activation. So if you're if you're into movement, you can be about hip and and belly movements, right, to really kind of get the center warmed up and to clear any stagnant energies. You could do a stomach massage. You can do deep belly breathing where you're in and out on the gut, you know, really deep on the, the stomach muscles, massaging internally because you're moving stagnant energy and you're allowing communication to flow better to the brain. So these are all things that we use when we understand, you know, that bit about kind of how do we use intuition to create these new synapses in the brain? Well, we clear the channel and we understand that information starts there first. Um, and like you say, we come off the path. Some of that as well, you sort of mentioned about, that was another thing I was going to say is that you mentioned, you know, coming off the path and thinking, oh, whoopsie, I need to go back. I come from the motorway and back onto the path. Sometimes also we're allowed to go onto the motorway for a bit. If it serves our life's purpose in that moment, if it serves our circumstance right now to get onto the motorway, to get something done quick because of you know, in, in an old way of doing things because of whatever's happening in your life right now, it's okay to do that. Jump on the motorway for a bit consciously as a choice, as an active choice to jump on the motorway and get something done and then come back to the path. That is very powerful. If you can get yourself to a place in life where you can, can, you're, are able to choose if you need to, to jump onto that motorway for a quick, you know, bit of whatever it is, and then come back to the path, that's also very powerful to be able to, to learn to do. And I think very six, sort of um, sophisticated in your connection with intuition and, and sort of guidance is allowing, because we need brain, right? We need brain, we need, we, need, we need logic to keep us moving. It's not about we're shutting that off. We're absolutely not shutting that off. We're just, we're wanting to be able to connect deeper to intuition, the deep knowing, so that that's the first information that we're consulting, right? Consult intuition first and then say to brain, okay, intuition says this, and this is what I want to do. I'm going to follow intuition. How are we going to get there, brain? How are we going to get there, logic? And then that's how we work the two together. I am so glad that you have been here today. <laughs> I feel like we could just talk and talk and talk. I, I, I feel Maybe I'm inspired to have one of those two-hour podcasts like some podcasters do when I talk to you. Oh, thank um, you. So thank you so much for being so generous with your knowledge and your understanding and your way of presenting in a, in a way that I think is very, very easy to grab onto, uh, you know, when, when we're just in our regular life. So thank you. I want to make sure that people know how to reach you yeah. and uh, can connect with you because I'm sure that there will be people in our audience that say, Hey, this lights me up. Let's talk about it. Yeah. 
I would love that. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm over at, at Nicole underscore H dot R. It's one of my more active platforms. I'm also Nicole HR on Facebook. I've got a website um, that you can connect with me on. I also have my own podcast called Mindfully Empowered with Nicole HR. So if you're inspired to come and listen to a little bit more in some of my interviews as well, or some of my solo episodes, some of my teachings there, they're also available on my podcast too. Um, yeah, lots of places to be able to connect. I would absolutely love to connect more to have this conversation deeper if people are interested because it's something I'm yes very passionate about and love to support others to really ignite within themselves and to to deepen and to trust in. Beautiful. Thank you. We will of course make sure that everything is linked on the platform on which you are listening or watching. So make sure you go to the the notes section on that platform so that you can get all the links. I also want to remind everybody that if you are interested in exploring where you're at with your own joy, that there is a really good in-depth questionnaire for you to fill out at joyousonpurpose.com. And it's a way for you to get to know yourself a little better. The questions are really geared for you to take the time to, to do a little bit of investigation for yourself. And then of course you'll be connecting to me as well. So thank you all for being here today and listening. And thank you, Nicole, for sharing so generously with your expertise.